0: Welcome back to another episode of pod on you loons justin is out today but i am sam starting the show off right pod on you
1: loons pod on you loons this is james i think i think you're starting the show off right sam and we're missing justin we're missing justin justin needed the week off
0: no big deal we got the two of us in we're able to record this a little bit earlier than we normally would on a I don't want to say beautiful Monday afternoon, a hot Monday afternoon.
1: Yep. Ours is also a hot and humid Monday afternoon, Monday evening now.
0: A happy Monday, though. Always. Very happy Monday. Because James is here to talk for the second time. Is here to talk for the second time about a 2-1 Minnesota United victory against Portland. Of course, James was on the popular post loon show with 10k jeremy how was post loons
1: it was uh, it was very exciting it was very early in the morning for me 4 30 a.m was when we started but yeah it was it was awesome you know coming off the win and and just being the hype and yeah i think we flowed really well and i i really enjoyed talking about it and yeah we had a lot of stuff to talk about which was good it was exciting
0: and so you you didn't have to caffeinate at all to make it to because it was, the game started at 2 a.m. for you. Yeah. So that means the game ended around 4, and then you hopped on the live stream around 4.30 and logged off around, what, 5.30?
1: Yeah, so I think I sent you guys a Snapchat at like 5.30 that the sun was up when I was going to bed. <laughs> nah, so I, uh, I was also streaming the day before and running a, uh, a um, role-playing game. So I literally was from 9 a.m. to about 5.30 a.m. the next day. Wow. So. Yeah. All I had was uh, a tea, obviously, because I'm British, so we have tea. Uh, and then I also use like a uh, energy drink. That, okay. uh, not like Red Bull or something, like a powdered drink the for gamers. All
0: right. Is that a common drink for you? Or is that like uh, when you need just that extra oomph?
1: Yeah, usually only when I'm like streaming or it's going to be like a really long day.
0: Yeah. As a teacher who right? Like I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to try to get to work before six. And there was a time prior to COVID where I actually was starting to kind of develop an addiction to energy drinks. So now I avoid them the best I can. That was a big part of how when COVID happened, I got a lot healthier was just giving up that energy drink lifestyle. It's tough. Like, yeah, I definitely they feel so good. It feels so (laughs) good when you have one.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I definitely don't drink. Like, I take Sneak Energy. Uh, for those who want to look it up, uh, they're based in the UK. But uh, yeah, you basically it's just like a shaker, and yeah, it's uh, it's good. I I don't take it that often, but yeah, really, and I think it's good because it gives you more the kick when you you do have it right <laughs> versus like when you take it all the time. Because when you take when you have a lot of caffeine, right, and a lot of coffee. Because I don't drink coffee anymore, but I know when I used to, it was like only strength ten would actually have any like impact so yeah that
0: that's the other problem like if you drink a lot of caffeine you start needing just a lot right yeah your <laughs> yes. tolerance goes up <laughs> i guess it's like that with beer too
1: <laughs> yep but uh, you know what it's not like that with the feeling when the loons win i don't care how often they're going to win i'm still going to feel the same joy and excitement whenever uh, whenever we win games
0: It it does feel good. So yeah, check out James' most recent appearance on Postaloons. You can find that on 10K Pitches. You can find that on their normal podcast feed or on their YouTube channel. Check that out. We've been posting it on our Twitter. But let's get into a little bit of news. So we had an update on the Seattle Sounders game from the week prior on the what might have been a penalty play never stopped, and a couple minutes later, Robin Wood scored the game winner anyway. But I guess, shoot, and I, I should have written down the name of this officiating body that would have gone over it. But they announced that that actually, if it would have gone to VAR, the VAR would have declared that a red card and a penalty, in which case that player would have been then suspended the following game for the red card. So by that red card not being awarded and by VAR not happening and the penalty never being issued, that player got away with the red card.
1: Should we have got like the goal and a penalty and the red card? I would like to think so, but I'm highly doubtful because I think we scored anyway, right? So they kind of... Because it's two separate things.
0: Right. These are the things and... (laughs) Of course, I'm, I'm recording this right after work. If we were doing this at nighttime at our normal time, I would have probably looked more <laughs> into, like, who is the officiating body that did this and what was an exact quote that they said. But, I mean, what I will say is that, sure, they got away with one, but Robin Lood winning with that goal at the end, way more exciting than just getting a penalty and kicking it in.
1: Sure. True. Also, actually, it even wouldn't have even helped Seattle because uh, they went and lost the next game to uh, Sporting Kansas City anyway. Suspended player or not, so. Sure. No harm, no foul there. But yeah, it's, that would be an interesting one to think about. Like, even though we scored, should they have also taken it back for a penalty and a red card? Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's, it's the butterfly effect, man. It's the butterfly yeah. effect, MLS edition.
1: <laughs> Suddenly we're 2-0, you know? So we
0: have an update though that applies more to this game that just happened. Franco fragapane A little bit before Saturday's game, we hear actually from a Minnesota United fan account. So a Twitter account known as MNUFC fan page. You can follow them at MNUFC Insider. So I've followed them for a while from our official Pod Looms account. And they posted that Franco Fragapane wasn't going to play. That Franco Fragapane had an injury similar to that of Nico Hansen's earlier in the year. And that Franco Fragapane would be out for up to a month. Well, we talked a few weeks ago about what accounts do you believe? What accounts do you trust? And what we kind of said was Pioneer Press, Star Tribune, The Athletic. Any any source like that, you tend to believe that they have their sources and that the information that they provide is accurate. And any other account, they kind of have to earn your trust. Well, I hadn't followed MNUFC fan page that much, but this definitely turned out to be true. And right, like I, I have a couple of other accounts that I trust that they have some sort of inside information. They're anonymous about it. But they'll, they'll post some details, and they'll get that story out before anyone else. Well, in this case, MNUFC Insider, you got this before anyone else because Franco Fragapane was not in the lineup, and then the Pioneer Press later confirmed that, indeed, Franco Fragapane has a thigh injury, and he will be out for two to four weeks. Now, we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit because there is also a rumor going around that Roman Abila may also That is time when Minnesota United may actually be done. So we'll talk about that later in the show. Pioneer Press also confirmed that Michael Boxall is nearing his return and could be back within a week. That would put him back either for our upcoming match at LAFC or at Vancouver. And when I say at Vancouver, I mean against (laughs) Vancouver in Salt Lake City. So Michael Boxall hopefully coming back soon. And then we just got a few little updates about the various teams that a lot of us follow. U.S. Women's National Team, they had, they opened up their Olympic play with a 0-3 loss versus Sweden. They followed that up, redeemed themselves a little bit with a 6-1 win versus New Zealand. Now, by the time most of you listen to this, the U.S. Women's National Team will have closed off their group stage against Australia. They're going to be playing at like 3 a.m. on Tuesday morning or some god-awful time like that. They are currently ahead of Australia on goal differential, which means that a draw would be enough to clinch second place in the group and would for sure mean that they advance to the lockouts. If they lose, they got to hope that they secure one of those top third place spots, which could be difficult. So I don't know, James, you got any interest? I know I know you spent a lot of time in Australia what are you thinking? USA versus Australia. You got to be going for Australia, I assume.
1: Yeah, of course. I'll tell you what, I feel I feel sorry for you guys who woke up at uh, 3.30 a.m., I think it was, or 3 a.m. to watch that game against Sweden because I watched it in uh, quite normal time for me during the morning. And uh, it wasn't good, to be honest. But uh, no, I didn't watch the six one. But uh, yeah, it's always nice to come off with a uh, with resounding win afterwards. I saw, uh, oh, was it Abby Wambach tweeted that uh, after the loss to Sweden that she uh, wouldn't like to be uh, New Zealand who had to face uh, the US team next because there was going to be vengeance. <laughs> I think even with a draw, Australia might go through with the, with the third placing as well because four points hopefully should be enough. It's honestly quite difficult for me to find any tables or anything from the olympic site because it doesn't really doesn't really seem to give me much in the way of actual help in trying to work out what's going on well i i use the espn one so
0: you can look that up but what i appreciate about being friends with james is i did not wake up at 3 a.m to watch the sweden game because james Well, one, I wasn't going to wake up at 3 a.m. anyway. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But I was going to watch the replay. And by the time I woke up, I had a text from James saying it's not worth watching the replay. So, James, (laughs) do us all a favor just for the listeners out there at the end of the Australia game. This doesn't mean they won. This doesn't mean they lost. This doesn't mean they they drew. Just say worth watching or not worth watching. And that will give all of us Americans, uh, <laughs> that will give all of us Americans some insight on what we're getting ourselves into. Can you do that for us?
1: I can do that for you.
0: Don't worry. Yeah. It was, so, uh, if you yeah. happen to be listening to this before watching the game or before checking the score, just find CPT James Force on Twitter. He will give you the update on if it's worth watching or not.
1: <laughs> I I did see that there were uh, some people some Minnesota fans who were uh, tweeting along with the game uh, and there was just a series of like depressing tweets like why did I wake up for this this is terrible <laughs> it's going to be a good game though i mean australia lost 4-2 to sweden so we're uh, we're both in that boat about losing to sweden but we beat new zealand 2-1 so of which I caught the end of that game so I think it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. And hopefully it's a draw so we both make it. That's the plan.
0: There we go. US men's national team is currently in the Gold Cup. They just defeated Jamaica 1-0. That was a late goal. I think late 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 in the game after the 80th minute. I forget exactly when. But they advanced to the semifinal. That's going to be Thursday, July 27th, versus Qatar. At
1: 6.30 p.m. 29th. Thursday, 29th. The 29th? Yeah, 27th is uh, uh. tomorrow. <laughs> uh, 83rd minute. Matthew Hop, Hoppy. Hop, hopper. Hoppy. Two peas in the knee. How would this be for uh, most CONCACAF thing ever to uh, lose to Qatar and then have Qatar win it all and not actually be a part of CONCACAF?
0: I mean, that wouldn't be the most CONCACAF thing ever because – It's either Mexico or the United States that wins every year. So the most CONCACAF thing ever would be to have Mexico or the United States win.
1: Okay. That's not as exciting.
0: No. Sorry.
1: But Mexico versus Canada, Qatar versus USA. Yeah, that's kind of exciting.
0: And then just really quick, Ford Madison 1-1 draw versus Fort Lauderdale. I think Fort Lauderdale had like a 100th minute equalizer or something ridiculous like that. And then Minneapolis City lost 0-2 against Cleveland in the Midwest final. So their season is now over. They do have an upcoming friendly, though, against Ford Madison. So that'll be a fun one. September 7th, Minneapolis City will be at Madison. Would be fun. Highly unlikely I'm going to make it there. But I might see if they have one of those cool split scarves. I, I definitely might try to see if I could score one of those. Let's get into... The game that we just played against portland james you want to give us a rundown of that lineup
1: yeah so we started with uh tyler miller in goal Uh, obviously our man dane st clair still uh on uh, gold cup g has the man played any minutes yet i don't think so right i haven't seen him play any minutes yet yeah but he's doing good backup uh, then uh, defense was uh, Chess Gasper on the left, Debussy and Coleman in the middle and Roman Metaner on the right. Midfield was uh, Will Trapp wearing the captain's armband again and uh, Hassani Dodson. Attacking midfield was Hansen, Reynoso and Lodd on the right. Uh, and up front was Adrian Unu. And we had three subs. I think we're in a rhythm now. I think we're getting three subs a game or more and I think we're you know, we're learning how this works. So that's good. Uh, 57th minute, Finlay comes on for Hanson. 65th minute, Agudelo comes on for Anu, uh, which kind of shifts the formation around a bit, puts a lot at nine. And then uh, 87th minute, Gregoosh comes on for Reynoso.
0: And yeah, we we know that this game worked out in our favor. It was a 2-1 win for Minnesota. But in the 10th minute, it was Portland that opened up the scoring. With a header by Felipe Mora, James. What's going on in your in your mind right now? You're you're staying up late <laughs> watching this game. You're all prepared to talk all about it on Post Loons. But how would you summarize what you experienced in the first half? Because I remember Jeremy asking you. He was like, James, be honest. If you weren't on Post Loons right now, would you have stayed awake after the first half?
1: Probably not. Um... I don't know. I, I th- like back then I said no and I probably wouldn't have even stayed up for the game to be honest. But <laughs> it was definitely you, one of those. You watch th- a lot of replays. Yeah, doing work. But, you know, I think it was one of those things like we had a shot in the first minute and we had a good attacking start and we just, sure, like we went down 1 0 after 10 minutes. And I think Mora beat Debussy. Like Debussy was tracking back and kind of had him behind him. And then Mora just ran straight in front of him, like straight across him and scored a header. But I mean, apart from that, we looked really good in the first half. I think Lod had four, five shots on goal. I think at halftime, he had five shots on goal out of the 12 or four. And Reynoso had it like three or four. And we looked good. And 24th minute, that was a great save. Really, Lod should have scored. And it was like this incredible save where he kind of catches it between his legs. Yeah, halftime looked rough. Halftime was just another one of those like, oh, hey, it's the loons. We have 12 shots. We have one on goal. And we don't look like we're scoring. And we're down 1-0. And we've had 62% possession. So nervous. But at,
0: at least those shots were there. At least yeah. those shots were there. Because sometimes when this happens, you're just... At, I guess what I'm trying to say is all that has to happen... Right. All that had to happen was to just hit the target, hit the target even just more often, not even all the time, because there are some times that we go into the half and we're down. And we're just like, we got to change everything because right now we just have nothing going our way in this half. We definitely had some things going our way.
1: Yeah, they didn't. They didn't take my advice, Sam. Remember what my advice was last week in our pod? I, I told Adrian Ooh. Heath that all all training just needed to be with shooting balls at the goal. <laughs> <laughs> to put him on target. And 8% on target was not a good stat at the first half. But the second half rolls around. Well, yeah, the second
0: half does roll around. And the, the goals start coming in after we have two substitutions. So Finlay comes on to Hanson, as you said, in the 57th minute. Aguidelo for Hanou in the 65th. And that's when scoring opens up for Minnesota United. And it was Chase Gasper a header assisted by Dotson for his first goal of the season.
1: No man deserves a goal more, I think, than Chase Gaspar. He's played every single minute. And yeah, I was just super happy that uh, he rose above, pumped a header in, and uh, yeah, suddenly we were back equal. And you could could sense the annoyance at about uh, an hour when we weren't scoring, because you could hear Allianz just getting uh, itchy. Yeah, and I... I saw the excitement in Chase Gasper, and I
0: remembered this during the MLS's back tournament last year. He was, if, if you remember, he was actually selected. I forget who we were playing against, but he was selected to take the game-winning penalty, or what ended up being the game-winning penalty at, at the end of the game. And you see that passion, you see that excitement that Chase Gasper has when he, when he makes those goals. He does so much for this team the game clearly means so much to him. His team means so much to him. And it just kind of remind reminded me that earlier in the season, Chase Gasper had a rough go. There were some goals that were scored against us that, right, Chase Gasper was the guy, right? Chase Gasper at least was the guy that, who was most responsible. Maybe not solely responsible, but most responsible. 100%. And, you know, my, my message back then was, you know, stand by your guy. Like Chase is one of our guys and times won't always be good. Sometimes you're going to have a downer and you got to stand by your guys because when you do, this is what then can happen. Man, Chase, that is exciting. I'm
1: jacked for that. Yeah, I mean the same. Like when you lose 4-0, sorry, when you, well, we did lose 4-0, but when you lose the first (laughs) four games of the season, you know, your defenders are always going to go under scrutiny. Um, And I think, Definitely chase made some mistakes and <laughs> they're quite obvious, but yeah, I mean, he's bounced back and I mean, Adrian, Adrian Heath hasn't lost faith in him. You know, he's played the guy every minute of this season through the thick and the thin and the wins and the losses. So he clearly backs him. And I think it was great that he, uh, they managed to get one in to draw it level. And then right in
0: the 85th,
1: finally. Right. So I, I,
0: again, we were talking about this last week, but like, Two weeks ago, Grant said on Alex's Dummy Run podcast that Robin Ludd at the end of a game, so say in the last 15 minutes of a game, Robin Ludd has a knack for being in the right place, just knowing what to do. He's a very smart footballer. Two games in a row, he gets the late game winning goal. This one off of a beautiful pass by Reynoso, Robin Lood's first touch controls the ball, and then he's able to nail it into the back of the goal. Man, if you thought the first goal was exciting, if you thought Allianz Field was was loud before, (laughs) I didn't even have my TV that loud because my daughter was sleeping. But it was, it was intense. Those were good times. I had to watch that replay, like, several times the next day.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my girlfriend was away this weekend, so uh, I was shouting around the house, like, yes, yes! Man, and I'm always here for the bow and arrow. I don't know where that celebration came from or what it actually means. I'd love to find out, but I'm always here for every time he does that, like, bow and arrow celebration.
0: And, and that's gotta be like a double burn since like Portland looks like they're playing in Legend of Zelda roll Gear.
1: <laughs> God, they're so awful. Oh, these kids are terrible. But there was an interesting stat that I saw on Twitter today that uh Robin Lodd has the highest percentage of his goals in the entire MLS, that like after 75 minutes. So I think it was after 75 minutes or after 70 minutes or something, but it was basically saying that like out of all the players that have scored goals in the MLS, his is the highest percentage comes after that with like 47% or something. So just under half of his goals come after the 75th minute. Which is crazy. Like the man loves scoring late. It's like it's like instead of Fergie time, because Fergie time was always, you know. The last five minutes plus extra time when Manchester United <laughs> always seem to like score goals. Uh, the last like 15 minutes of a game is uh, lob time. Well, we love it. And it has to give the team confidence when
0: you are down, right? When a goal goes in against you 10 minutes into a game, you have to have the confidence that you're going to be able to turn this game around. And anytime we do something like this, anytime we have a come from behind win, which this was the first one this season. But when these things happen, we then have the confidence to go and do it again. And I'm not suggesting we didn't have the confidence to start with, but soccer is a mental game, right? Soccer is a mental game. Being able to do these things once, well, it might be in the playoffs that we let in an early goal. And we have to have the confidence that we're going to be able to overcome that.
1: Same. Uh, and I think it's uh, it's definitely something that that helps us you know, build like I said, it builds confidence and knowing we can do it. You know, we've done it before. We can do it again. And I think as everyone kind of starts gelling a bit more, like I talked about, like we talked about on post-loons, like we are talking about, you know, our front four, and there's probably six six or seven players that for in that front four, haven't actually played a lot of time together. So the fact that we know that we can come back from games and we can, you know, score in the first or second minute and then hold a lead the whole time like we did last time against Portland like just these things like we know that we can do it and we like this another one you put in the put in the bank that's you know we know we can do and I think as the uh season goes on we'll be uh we'll be getting better and every little bit helps every three points helps because it's essentially six points at this point well, yeah because
0: definitely not playing a lot of Eastern Conference teams this year nope So what would you say was the key to victory on Saturday? If you had to say one thing, what would you say?
1: Um, I think never giving up in, and that's kind of like related to two things. So never giving up, like going one nil down and and kind of still pushing and still having an attacking mindset, but also never giving up in the fact that we had a lot of shots and I think it could have been so easy for us to kind of be like, well, we've just had like our 21st shot and like only one or two have been on target. Like maybe we need to find some other way, but no, we just kept hammering shots, hammering shot. We ended up with 28 shots with six being on target. But I think if we tried a different approach, I think we wouldn't have got the result. I think it was knowing that our approach would work. We just had to, we just had to keep going with it and, and persevere and we persevered and we, and we scored goals and we won to come after two substitutions are made and
0: a lot of people have been very critical of adrian heath for not making substitutions to impact the game right it's an old cliche in soccer that really once the game gets going the main way a manager can impact a game is by the substitutions because right they're they're not on the field actually kicking the ball So short of uh, yelling some things from the sideline or halftime speech, substitutions (laughs) really are the way that they can have an impact on the game. People have been critical of Heath for not making those substitutions. Our first goal, you know, that, that was Hassani Dotson to Chase Gasper. They were doing what they had been doing all game leading up into that goal. But the second goal... Right, That that came from Emmanuel Reynoso to Robin Lud playing in the nine, which is not the role that he started the game in. Robin Lidd started the game on the right wing. He transferred to the nine when Adrian Hunu was subbed out for Juan Aguidelo. And I think just having these routines, these game plans into place, clearly the players have an idea of how their lineup, how their formation, how their roles are going to switch when these things happen. And you've seen now two two games in a row, this has been very successful for Minnesota United, switching Robin Lud to the nine when needed.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it, uh, it really works. And yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say. You know, he's he's changed to the nine twice and he scored two goals late and we've won both games, so... Like it's clearly, it's clearly something that works, and I think we're in a rhythm now, and I think Adrian understands that. And yeah, short of throwing a water bottle around at halftime, <laughs> like you said, like subs are uh, subs are the way to do it. So I think it's, uh, I think it's been going well. Long live uh, more of Robin Lott at number nine. So we referenced
0: earlier that there's some smoke around Ramana Beva, right? Like against Colorado, that was three games ago now. Against Colorado, he gets the red card for punching a guy. Against Seattle, he was suspended. He couldn't be in the lineup. But now against Portland, he was allowed to come back. We could have had him in the lineup, but he wasn't even on the bench. We hear a rumor, and I I couldn't quite tell if it was MNUFC fan page. I I couldn't quite tell because the rumor seemed to come from Reddit or something like that. I couldn't confirm that the Reddit account was... The same account as the twitter account but people were saying it was the same person that had inside information about fragapane is now saying that Ramon Abala is on his way out that boca is going to reassign his loan and that he no longer will be in minnesota united there's smoke i, I don't know if there's fire to go with that smoke but we we talk about these fan twitter accounts that once they start being right, you can start trusting them. And we've now seen this account be right about something. If they are, in fact, right about Roman Abela being on his way out of Minnesota United, where does that leave us at Stryker?
1: It's interesting because this was posted on Twitter as a screenshot from Reddit. And this is basically all the, all the news, that, all the rumor that there is. But I did see that uh, Boca in English is podcast, the unofficial uh, like Boca guys, they do a podcast, came out with this, that this is not true. Okay.
0: Now, Boca did also say that Reynoso wasn't going, or sorry, Boca in English did say that Reynoso wasn't coming to Minnesota United. That is a big podcast. A lot of people follow Boca in English. Justin and I would follow them a lot when we were wondering if Reynoso was coming or not. <laughs>
1: True. Every week.
0: I think I think even Callum Williams listens to Boca in English from time to time. So Boca in English, I didn't see this. Boca in English said Abila is staying in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, basically their comment was not true. And then the question, Abila isn't doing well? Question mark. Okay. So, I don't know. Where does it leave us at striker? I think we're okay. You know, we have... Unu. We have, uh, yeah. Who else do we have? We have Aguidelo. Yep.
0: But, Honestly, but with not... Aguidelo, we're seeing that Heath is more comfortable playing Aguidelo in Lud's role and having Lud be the striker.
1: Yeah. Uh, because it's like we were talking about, I, I barely see the guy on the field, right? Like A- Aguidelo. Yeah. And he must be doing something. And, you know, the guy's played. 127 minutes. So he's clearly been on the field, but I mean,
0: I'm honestly surprised it's been that much.
1: Yeah, and I, he has I mean that, that
0: just that just proves your point that you don't, we don't really hear much from him when he's on the field.
1: No, I mean he, uh, oh, he doesn't have an assist. Yeah, I mean I barely see him on the field at all. I mean I think, you know, we're fine with striker, even if uh, like all this. Abila is gone. I don't know what reassigning his loan even looks like. I wouldn't know what that is. I guess that's just shoving him off to some other team. But you know, if I look down the list of people we still got, I see Patrick Weyer. Yeah, who's who, in
0: Spain right now,
1: but yeah, who's in Spain. Uh, I see Foster Langsdorf, who's still rumored to not be there anymore. He he might have retired. I I don't know. I haven't been following Tampa Bay Rowdies very closely. And the only kind of other people who are listed that can play forward are Franco, Nico, Jacory Hayes, and Justin McMaster are the only other people who are listed as a forward as well as a midfielder. So I think it's really Adrian Anu, Agudelo, and Lod. Yeah. You know what? We see those Three guys, and I think you know Lod plays a full game, and Anu and Agadello kind of switch with each other. But I mean, I don't understand where all the kind of like there were some tweets on that, where they are also like, well, Abila doesn't do anything, or Abila hasn't been playing well. But it's like the man is, uh, and I sent some stats to you guys like the man is our uh, joint second top scorer with two goals, which is him, Anu, and Franco have two goals and Lod now has four and there's just a lot of chances get made when he's on the field and it's weird because Agudelo is probably the one the one out of the two of them that actually seems to do less so I would have assumed it was more him on the the chopping block yeah I mean a stat I sent to you guys was he's played 268 minutes uh Ramon Abil- Abila so that's basically three full games and he's had 17 shot-creating actions in three games. So if you were playing a kind of forward or one of your attacking forwards who is creating basically shit six shot-creating actions every game, that's actually not too bad. I think part of it, too, is that when players
0: are highly paid, right? Like, everyone loves the the Hasani Datsuns of the world. Everyone loves the second round pick that contributes at a high level and becomes just a great value. Everyone loves that guy. Yeah. And I, I know Hassani Dotson had a contract extension, so I have no idea what he makes now. I hope, I hope that it's good. I hope that he's no longer our lowest paid player <laughs> <on the> team, <laughs> but everyone loves the cheap bargain guy that makes their contributions. Everyone will be much harder on the player that makes a lot of money that isn't contributing to the level that you expected. And I think with Roman Abela is that you see his, it's like 1.1 or $1.2 million. He has a 1.1 or $1.2 million salary. And that puts him at the top. He even edges out Emmanuel Reynoso. But we forget that it probably, besides paying Abela's salary, Minnesota United probably didn't have to pay Boca anything to get him here. There was no, you you know, like we paid Boca like over $5 million to get Emmanuel Emmanuel Reynoso here. We just paid Ren, you know, what, $4 million to get Adrian Hunu here. So those costs, when you're talking about a salary cap, the transfer fee that you pay another team when it comes towards the salary cap, that number is divided over the course of their contract. So if we paid $4 million for Adrian who that's a $1 million hit to our salary, not, I mean, and then there's designated players and whatever. So throw that aside. (laughs) Another Tam and Gam episode incoming. Here we go. (laughs) What, What I'm getting at guys is that, because we didn't have to pay anything to Boca to get Abela here, he might, he's actually significantly lower on the list for what he's cost the club to bring him in. He is making great money, right? No one's arguing that he's making great money. He's making a million dollars a year. I'd like to have a million dollars a year. There are exactly. players on the team that are contributing significantly more than Abela, not making near $1 million a year, but he is still cheaper than many players on our team. That's the point I was trying to make. I probably spent way too much time trying to make that point. <laughs> and I No, no, apologize. it
1: helped. It helped. I Because uh, I had looked up some stats for uh, Abila earlier. So I also figured I'd look up some stats from Agadello as well, just trying to compare the two of them. And I think the main one for me was that they there's a stat, you know, that we talk about a lot, expected goals, right? Expected goals for and expected goals against. And I think the really telling stat is that so Abila has played about twice as much time as one uh, Agadello so far. Um, so like Agadello has played 1.4 matches in total, like 1.4 lots of 90 minutes. And Abila's played three lots of 90 minutes in total. But if you look at there's a very interesting stat that is team success, which is basically how good the team gets or doesn't get when that person comes on the field. So Abula, when he comes on the field, we are expected to score seven goals since he has come on the field. So within three within essentially three games, the loons should have scored seven more goals because just because he's been on the field. Right? And we should have let in five more goals. But like we're always going to let in goals, so that's fair enough. But then you look at Agadello, who basically is averaging over the same time period, so i just use some simple doubling maths, less than five expected goals when he's on the field. So we're literally expecting two more goals for Abila just being there versus Agadello being on the field. And we're letting in about the same amount. So if we're letting in the same amount of goals on expected, it's much more beneficial to us to have Abila on the field than it is to have Agadello on the field. Sorry, I went a bit. I went a bit maths nerdy. But essentially uh, Abila is better than Agadillo in terms of what our squad looks like and how many expected goals we should be scoring. I like it. Also, speaking of goals and assists, can we talk about that was Ray's first assist for the season, by the way? It was. Yeah. He's had one assist, but he's expected to have had uh, 2.3.6 assists already. Right. And it's, I think it is obvious to still see
0: the contributions that Ray is making. And I I don't think anyone is suggesting that Reynoso is not the player that we believe that he is, but he had what seven assists in just the playoffs last year. So for him to be 14 games into this season and he missed a few, I, I forget how many games he missed, but we're 14 games into this season and he only has one. That's just not what we're expecting. Uh, from a player of Emmanuel Renoso's caliber.
1: He missed one game, by the way. He just didn't start. in. Oh, game. yeah, yeah, you're right. you're right. He has one goal and one assist over just over 11 sets of 90 minutes. It's easier to break these stats down into how many basically full games they've played. But one goal and one assist in 11 games is, uh Yeah.
0: So one thing that does have Minnesota United fans a little bit worried right now is actually a different Argentine, and that is Franco Fragapane. Since his arrival, Franco Fragapane, he's been electric for Minnesota United. He's been a difference maker, both in terms of assists and scoring. And he could be out up to four weeks. We have six games in the next four weeks, all against Western Conference rivals. How do we see Minnesota United working without Franco? How do we overcome his absence?
1: Yeah, and I think it's I think it's tough because, you know, the man has three assists and two goals. So after Robin Lodd, he is our second most active in terms of, He has like five goals and assists and only Lod has six and everyone else has two combined goals and assists, right? So he's essentially our second best attacking player at the moment. And I think it's going to be difficult, you know, going to be without him. But the other thing is we've already been without him two games, right? And we've actually won both of those games. (laughs) So... Yes, I think it's tough because he's such a good player and he's shown us that you know he can do so he's only played six games. So he's basically getting an assist or a goal every game for us. And someone who's that good so quickly, I think it's I think it's a big loss because it's also going to cut into the amount of time that he has to gel with these guys. You know, Lod's played nine games, Anu's played eight. Abila's played 10, but he's actually only been on the field for like the equivalent of three of those. Uh, Dodson's played uh, in 14 and Reynoso's played in 13. And I think having those guys, and Hansen's played in eight because he was also injured. So I think that it's going to be tough because I think the rest of these guys are going to gel and kind of build that bond and Franco's really been hitting the ground running it and really, really smashing it. And now he's not going to be there for, how long did they say, like five games or something? I, I think it would be up to
0: six if, if we're talking yeah. four weeks. And we'll just say from today, there are six games in the next four weeks.
1: Yeah, and that's huge. Like, that's a lot of games to miss. But I also think it's just going to help everyone else as well. Yeah, and we're winning we're winning games at the moment. And you know, if you look at the schedule, we had Seattle, then Portland, and then LAFC we've got coming up. And we already said before Seattle we would be happy for a point against Seattle, right? Because they were league leaders. And suddenly we're 6 points out of 6 points even without Franco. So, I think we have a strong squad and we can win games, and Franco is just an extra piece that really like pushes us to be Kind of top playoff contenders that's that's how I think about it.
0: Yeah and I, I guess I just want to say is that I think we've seen enough from our supporting cast to have faith that we can fill in we can fill in the void. Nico Hansen may not yep. be up to the level of Franco Fragapene, but Nico Hansen has proven that he can play at a high level and contribute to this team. Ethan Finley, you guys talked about on post-loons, Ethan Finley has really reinvented himself as someone you can rely on late in games to come in and make an impact. So having yeah. having Nico Hansen, having Ethan Finley, having that flexibility with Juan Agudelo and Robin Ludd, some of this versatility you have in here with these guys, I think that that makes it a lot easier to make do uh, with Franco Fragapane out. If you remember earlier in the year, we didn't have a Nico Hansen, right? We didn't have a Nico Hansen that was comfortable on either side playing on the wing. We were, we were throwing Hassani Dotson in there more often than not taking Hassani Dotson away from the central midfield role where he excels it. And I I just, I think right now we are built to handle this void better than we were earlier in the season. Guys. It's tight right now. We have 21 points in 14 games. So we've played 14 of our 34 games. We have 20 left to go. We are in sixth place. The top seven make the playoffs. We're in sixth. And now we're, we're only three points out of fourth place where Colorado has 24 points. And remember, fourth place gets to, gets to host a playoff game. So we want to overtake Colorado. We want to get into that top four. We're close. We're in the running. But then again, we are only two points ahead of eighth place, which is Portland. So if we would have lost to Portland, that would have been us. Yeah. That's how close this is. So this next month without Fregapane, and as as we've seen when following this team, anytime we think we're good on injuries, we're not. (laughs) So everyone collectively knock on wood right now. But these last 20 games... (laughs) They're
1: going to be intense. They're going to be close. And and really the thing that we that we have to do, and we're going to sound like a broken record, we've got to score goals. The only people who have scored less goals than us in the Western Conference now is Austin. Like Vancouver, Vancouver just banged in two against LAFC in a draw. Uh yeah. You know, those guys, you know, they've scored more goals than us. And it's just, we're just not, we're basically one of the worst teams in the entire MLS. It's, it goes us at 15 goals. Then it's Atlanta with 14 and then into Miami and Vancouver have 10. I'm oh, sorry. Well, into who's Miami doing
0: best Arizona. on goals against? Because we have to be, I don't have that in front of me, but we have to be pretty good as far as goals against and as far as clean sheets.
1: Yeah. So goals against the the Sounders obviously are winning with 12. Austin, a second, even though they're bottom of the table. Okay. Picket, uh, with fifteen, uh, Real Salt Lake have sixteen. So to Colorado, and then Sporting Kansas City, LAFC, and us are on seventeen. And worst of all, a San Ho- uh, Worst of all, is the LA Galaxy, who have twenty-six goals against, but are in third place. All right. So
0: must be some fun football watching LA Galaxy.
1: Yeah, they've had uh, forty-nine goals in fifteen games. So there's over three goals every time they play a game. Well, cool.
0: Well, guys, coming up, we got, as we mentioned earlier, U.S. Women's National Team versus Australia in the Olympic group stage, the final game of the group stages, to find out if our U.S. Women's National Team will be advancing to the knockout rounds. That is Tuesday, July 27th at 3 a.m. So it probably already happened by the time you're listening to this. Minnesota United plays at LAFC Wednesday, July 28th. That's at 9.30 p.m. Man, James was waking up, or not waking up, James was staying up until 2 a.m. to watch a game, and I am dreading staying up until 9.30 to watch a game. (laughs) The football continues, though. U.S. Qatar in the Gold Cup semifinal. That is Thursday, July 29th at 6.30 p.m., and then Minnesota United is at Vancouver, at Utah. That is Saturday, July 31st at <laughs> 9 p.m. So I have to stay up late to watch our loons
1: twice. You know, some these games might, might be okay for me to watch. Yeah. You know, I think uh, the, uh, the LAFC one starts at 4.30. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a, that's a wakeable time. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: more my speed. That's more my speed.
1: Yeah, fair. But no, I'm excited. I think, uh, yeah, I, I'm. It's gonna be interesting to see how we stack up against LAFC. Like I said, they just they just drew to Vancouver, who are 12th uh, to all, and Portland beat them. It's that triangle, right? We beat Portland. No, no, no. It should be, no, no. Forget that triangle because <laughs> that would have LAFC beating us. <laughs> no I think we're uh, anti-triangles on this I show. Think- yeah, I think if we can uh, if we can find a way to shut down uh, Carlos Vela, then uh, I think uh, I think we'll be all right.
0: Well, cool, man. Well, before we go, James, you're you're dressed in a spiffy kit, some black and white stripes. Yep, random jersey. Now, without saying exactly where you got it, because no one's paying us to talk, but it is kind of cool what you did. You want to just explain to the listeners why is it that you're wearing a black and white jersey that says
1: SFC yeah uh, it's an umbro kit as well that's uh, not many of those hanging around so basically there's a company in the UK uh, where you can basically buy a mystery shirt
0: and they do um, this in the US too i think it's a it's okay. a british company but you can uh, they'll, they'll ship to the US
1: yeah yeah they ship to Netherlands they'll ship everywhere but basically, you were uh, you either choose a like a club or an international shirt, and you tell them the clubs that you definitely don't want the shirt to be. So obviously, I put Tottenham uh, and Chelsea because uh, I don't want either of those two shirts. And what they'll do is they'll uh, they'll send you a random shirt from a random year, uh, and they put like a little note in the box. So my uh, note basically just says team information, uh, and I got uh, Santos from uh, Brazilian Serie A who uh, apparently I didn't know this are a uh, very historically amazing club Pele is their uh, top goal scorer and like record appearance holder yeah I was gonna say I I've heard of Santos
0: before I I don't watch a lot of Brazilian soccer but that's one of the teams I know of
1: yeah it's uh, apparently they won uh in the 60s and 70s or something they won like Fifteen or fifteen trophies in fifteen years or something. They were really quite good.
0: So, what you, yeah, what it's, city is uh, it from? Nice.
1: Oh, man, don't <laughs> don't ask me these questions. It's one uh,
0: of the two big ones. It's either São Paulo or uh, Rio. Uh,
1: they're based in uh, the city of Santos.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that has to be right next to one of
1: those. Oh, it's the state of São Paulo. Okay, it's in São Paulo. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I got this. Uh, I got this cool kit. It's black and white stripes. It's their twenty twenty away kit. Because uh, I looked it up, which is good because their home kit is just like white. So <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I got the away kit. But yeah, they uh, yeah they'll send you a random shirt. All the tags are still on there. Yeah, uh, and everything. So it's uh, so it's legit. And it even had uh, instead of L, I had like grande or whatever the Portuguese for largest when I ordered it. So yeah, it's uh, it's legit. Yeah,
0: it it's sharp. I I want like that idea sounds really cool. I don't know, like I I don't know if I need any more soccer jerseys first of all. <laughs> and then second of all, I'm just worried I would get one that I would just hate. So but I guess that's part of the fun in it is that you don't know what you're going to get. Could be cool. It probably is cool. Well,
1: I mean, I mean for for you you'd just say like I don't want Tottenham or Atlanta, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd want
0: any other Premier League team that wasn't Chelsea.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. You can only basically select one or two. Yeah, But you have every country in the world. So, you know, if you got the Premier League, you would just be extremely unlucky. Sure. Because I was dreading that I'd get, like, also somewhere in Europe. Because I was like, oh, I don't want to have a country. Like, I don't want to have, like... You know, I support Borussia Dortmund. I don't want, like, another like Bundesliga team because that would just be awkward. Right. But no, I, it's good. I found a, I found a random team in a, a country that I didn't have a team in to support. So, so that's, that, cool.
0: that's your team going forward now. Yep. Thanks Santos. Right on. Well guys, I don't have anything else for you, James. I don't, I don't think you necessarily do either. So until next time we'll see you. We'll, we'll record after both the LA. Well, We're not going to record after the LAFC, but we'll record after the Vancouver match. And we'll recap both matches in one podcast. So go USA, both on the men's and women's sides, (laughs) especially on the women's sides. I'm really excited about the Olympics. And then go loons. That's all I got. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace out. Peace. Peace.